everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. I've heard it said that the two most common fears are death and public speaking, and not necessarily in that order, at least not in my case. And although I used to be deathly afraid of public speaking, it didn't hold a candle to the issues I had with the fear of money, or more accurately, the fear of not having any. Growing up, we lost our house. It was the early 80s and interest rates were in the high teens. Can you even imagine having a variable rate mortgage sitting at around 18%? In any case, I lived through some tough times with my family in those days, and a very deep fear was born. So when I sat down with Susan Stripling and she told me she wanted to talk about money, and more specifically saving money, my heart sank a little bit. And yet, it was one of the best conversations I've had. Susan has a way of laying things out that are clear and concise. She's relatable, she's reasonable, and she's really funny. At one point she says, I don't like feeling afraid of things that I know that I have the power to change. Amen to that, sister. Tell me all about yourself. Tell me all about <laughs> give me Give me all the wonderful deeds. Uh, my name is Susan Stripling. Mm-hmm. I live in Brooklyn, New York. I'm primarily a wedding photographer, but I also shoot a lot of portraits and headshots and theater work. And I run something called The Wedding School, which mm-hmm. is TheWeddingSchool.net. It's education for photographers, wedding right. photographers to be specific. Yes. yes. Primarily. Primarily. Right. Yes. How and long I, have you been shooting? <laughs> a couple um, of years? This is my 18th wedding season. Is it really? Yeah, which is shocking as I'm only 28. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I started when I was six. <laughs> no, I started literally um, within a year of graduating from college. Yeah. Yeah. 18 years. Do you like it now more than ever? You know, it's interesting. Um, no. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I don't love it. Yeah. Like, I don't have that same fresh new OMG every single wedding love is a greater love than anybody has ever loved before. Did you, did you like before? At the beginning, yeah. You did? Yeah, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like everyone's <laughs> in love. Everything is, is fantastic. <laughs> and then as with every creative thing that you turn into a job, it becomes a job. Yeah. And I love it more now. I like it a little less, hmm. um, which is a really strange hmm. thing. But I still don't ever want to shoot anything other than this. Really? Like it's still, weddings are still what I pick. That's going to be what you do. Oh yeah. I mean, it is what I do. I mean, always like, like you yeah. don't, you don't see that change. No, throughout the trajectory of my career, I don't see myself stopping weddings mm-hmm. at all. I enjoy them too much. They're mm-hmm. a puzzle. They're yeah. tricky. No two are the same. You like that challenge I do. and that like risk almost every, cause it's like. <laughs> well, risk is a, is a good way to put it. Well, yeah. for me it was because yeah. it's, that's, that's it. That's the, that's yep. your shot. That day. 
and that's all. And everything only happens one time. Right. And you either get it or you don't get it. Right. And then on top of that, you have to be creative. Right. So you can be like, oh, can you redo the kiss? Or can you like, that's not how it works. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, oh, whoops, we forgot to do family formals. Oh, well, Well, like you you, you forgot them. Exactly. You Mm -hmm. have to nail it all. And then you have to go out the next weekend and do it again. Mm -hmm. And while still making it personal for people and taking care of people. And I find the challenge of it interesting. It's never boring, often frustrating, never boring. I see. So okay. I, I do like the fact that while there is a predictability to the way the days go and weddings are never all that different, even when they're different, but the people are different right. and that's what makes every weekend kind right. of brings its own unique challenges and the lighting changes and the weather and the different times of year. And I like knowing that I have to go out and work on it. I can't go dial it in. Yeah. And that's why I, that's why I still really choose it. It's a challenge every yes, time. Yes, it is. And you like that. I do. I'm also just tired like most of the time, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. But no, I do like the challenge. Let me ask you this. This is like the kind of the the big softball question Uh for a wedding photographer. What's what's a horror story that comes to your mind um, in the last 18 years that you can can actually share? Uh, Two weekends ago, um, actually, uh, during the... So we're shooting... I'm shooting the reception. They come in, they do the intros, they do the first dance. It's a Jewish wedding. They do the hora. Everything's going really well. They sit down, people are eating dinner. Um, I go to the bathroom and the mother of the bride is like sitting in the bathroom and she's like surrounded by a bunch of people and she seems really upset. And I thought, oh no, like something like maybe some family drama happened. I, I don't know what's going on. But I'm definitely not going into the bathroom. Uh, and I found out later that she'd actually fallen on the dance floor. Like after the horror, she'd slipped on her shoes and she broke her wrist. Oh no. I know. And she had to leave the reception and go to the emergency room. Cause oh. a, lot, a lot of the guests were doctors and they were like, no, sweetheart, it's not sprained. It's broken. It's you gotta bad. Go. You have to go. So she left with somebody else and the venue manager took her to, um, took her to the ER and she missed like, she missed the father giving his welcome speech. She missed oh the father-daughter dance. Um, but the venue staff was really great. They like had their phones. They videoed everything for her because they didn't have a videographer. But oh, and they didn't have a they videographer. Didn't have a videographer. Um, but she had, she'd slipped on her shoes. And she'd mentioned several times earlier in the day, like my shoes aren't comfortable. Like I'm not used to being in these shoes. And she just, oh. she just bit it on the dance floor and broke her wrist at her daughter's wedding. You know, that, that you, you just take tennis shoes to the receptions, man. And so what I have learned is just <laughs> don't wear heels. <laughs> That's my life lesson is just don't, don't wear new shoes to an event for the first time. Yeah. And so many people do it. They do. Yeah. Like they're almost like one and done. Yeah. I feel so bad for that woman. So uh, yes, just word to the wise. That's pro tip. Be careful. It's dangerous out there. (laughs) Gosh. Okay. I know. Uh, So I want to, I really want to dive into what you want to talk about because it's (laughs) ludicrously, well, (laughs) we, we've had that conversation and there are more of those to come. Yeah. I think I traumatized you a little bit. A little bit. A little (laughs) bit. And I thought I wasn't able to be traumatized. Well, now you know. I was wrong. Sorry about that. Mm -hmm. We will, we will get. That's another podcast for another day. It's a whole like series of podcasts that you and I could probably (laughs) sit down and do. the time Susan broke me. (laughs) Yeah. She hurt my brain and I won't ever forget it. Nope. Um, if you see me sometime, ask me about that it's and true. I will tell you all about it. Um, no money. Yes. I love talking about you money. You want to talk about money, I which do. is super interesting because I feel like nobody wants to talk about money. No, people don't want to talk about it. They, it's either ingrained into them that you don't talk about money because manners and money because is just manners. not a thing we talk about, right. or they don't want to talk about it because they're not doing well mm-hmm. and they don't want to be put in a position of lying. Yeah. I know a lot of educators who fudge their figures or kind of 
Oh, like from the stage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard that before. Because nobody wants their audience to think that they're not successful. But mostly I find that people just don't want to talk about it because they are embarrassed. They were raised to not talk about it or they don't want to admit how little they know know. about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's from all realms from pricing to savings to money Mm -hmm. management day to day to Mm -hmm. all of it. And I hear a lot of photographers who are like, well, you know, I'm not great with money, but like my spouse has a day job and I'm like, yeah, that's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's not, that's not an excuse. It's basically saying that you work for fun money and you don't do have to better. be smart about it. Is that yeah. what the message is for them? Is come on, like, seriously. Do better. Yes. Be All right. Better so where that. in the world do we begin? Um... I'd like to talk about savings, actually, as a creative. Can we talk right. about that? So you're, you're going to see me get a little <laughs> nervous. Yeah, you just heaved a huge sigh and stopped making eye contact. Well, yeah, that's going to happen probably more than once. Because, like, the, the to some degree, I am better than I used to be. But to some degree, I am or have been certainly the person that you're talking about. Uh-oh. Yeah. Should we go back to horror movies? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that's even scarier. Okay, fair enough. With you. Most True. people, most people I'm fine and, and <laughs> not with you. Um, but I, it's one, it's like, there's a piece of me that really wants to have this conversation sure. with you because you're, you're kind of talking to me. Uh-oh. And then there's the other piece. It's like, Please stop run talking. away. Yes. Abort. <laughs> Abort. Um, so, all right. Savings. Let's yes. do it. So what I found, and I have been in this long enough and I've seen the way people approach money is they're terrible at it at first and we all are terrible about it at mm-hmm. first because they don't, you don't learn how to manage money at all in any of your schooling. Like you just don't. That's High true. school, college. That's true. Nobody talks to you about how to do a budget. Mm-hmm. And especially me growing up, I'm 41. I don't mind saying it, but money was really just not something that got talked about at home. Right. Like I had no clue what my parents' mortgage was or what my parents made or anything like that because it was just improper to talk about. Yeah. But it meant that I got out of college and I got into the real world and I just had a lack of understanding of anything beyond you get your paycheck, you pay your bills, and then you have what's left over. Right. That's it. To do stuff. To do whatever you want to do. Right. And when you're done with that money, you're done with that money and then you right. get paid again and you start it all and over it again. again. Right. And then something happens like your car breaks down or you have a major medical thing and you're mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I needed savings for this. So you mm-hmm. start kind of savings but like haphazard savings Mm -hmm. and then that gets depleted and then you get frustrated and you build it up again. But creatives, especially for a long-term plan, I don't want to do this until I die. I would like to be able to retire like people with normal day jobs. Right. Or I would like to reach a point where I'm not saving heavily for the future. I can just dial back and work less. And I want the financial freedom to be able to make decisions not based around the fear of money. Right. You want to do what you want to do. Exactly. And make money for that. Yes. But not because you have to. Right. Okay. Right. So when I got started with my business, I did basically the same thing as everybody else. I sort of lived job to job. And then I realized this is not a good way to live. So I sat down and started analyzing my pricing and Instead of just making sure that my costs were covered, I made sure that I was making a really good profit on Mm -hmm. it. And people are pretty good at that. Mm -hmm. You can get online, watch some classes, figure out how to do that and be profitable. But it's when you take your take-home income, what do you do with that? Mm. And I have started, um, I used to put away a set amount every single month. 
And then I tried to just increase that set amount every single month and every single year. But now I put away a percentage of what I bring in every single week. So, so once that's a week, like a really different mindset, mm-hmm, right? Yep. You've, I save 15% of the money that comes into my studio. Of the gross. Of the gross. You save 15% of the yes. gross revenue right off the top right to off the top. savings. To go straight to savings. So I have an income account where everything goes into income, whether it is a speaking engagement, whether it is a portrait session, whether it is a wedding, it all dumps into one income account. Uh-huh. And then once a week, I pay off my credit cards every single week. Because every week. I, every week because I don't like things to balance, to, to add up because I get scared when things add up. So I pay it off every week. You get scared when things add up. Yes. Okay. That, because that I could makes have, me feel better for some well, reason. Well, we run basically <laughs> our entire business on credit cards because points are amazing. Because you get all that benefits from it. Flight yeah. upgrades. Yeah. I mean, the whole nine we yards. Do too. Yeah. But I was regularly getting like Amex bills once a month that were like fifteen, eighteen thousand dollars because yeah. you're running your business off of right. it. That's a huge chunk of money to yeah. see disappear. Yes. I prefer to pay it off every single Thursday. Okay. In much more manageable chunks. And I'm not an idiot. I know it's the same amount of money. Well, but it's, that's... But it's a mental mindset thing. Of course. Where it gets paid so off every doing, single week instead. You're doing something based on what you know about yourself. Yes. Based on how I know I feel about money. Right. Which yep. is a big deal. In, in and yes. of itself, it's a big deal. Yes. So I take 15% of the gross mm-hmm. and I put it away. Nice. And what I used to do is I would look at what was left in the net and I would just kind of take an amount of that. And I'd reached a point where I was saving like X amount every single month, but some months I was doing really, really well Yeah. and I wasn't putting away more money. Right. And then in the months where it was dead, like January and February when nobody's getting married, Mm -hmm. I was still frantically trying to come up with that money that that I had set to put away every single month, which is impossible to do when things are down. So now that I do that set percent of the gross, some months I don't put much away at all because they're dead months and some months I put so much more money away yeah. than ever before. Right. And I've almost doubled the amount I save. Over, you know, every, like I mean, time I, over time. Time right? over time. Yeah. In the past six months, I've saved more than I saved in the entire last year. Yeah. Just by doing it by a because percentage. Because of that, yeah. And I, I treat it as a cost. I take it away and I put it away. Yes, and it's like an expense. It's an expense. I take it and I put it away because if what happens and the way I view money is if I pay my cost of goods and I look at what's left, I'm yeah. afraid to put any of that away because I know it needs to go to bills. It needs to go to my right. rent. It needs to go to my income. Right. And if I save from that pool, it's a smaller pool. In a if sense, I take it away from the very beginning, yeah. it, and it's a mental mindset thing. Well, it's kinda, is this kind of like along the lines of the profit first mindset? Like you're yes. paying yourself Yes, right away. Right away. You're putting it to savings. I'm putting it so to savings. So this isn't your salary. So I pay myself 5% of my gross okay. and then I put the savings percentage away as well. Okay. And that happens first. Okay. And then everything else gets taken care of from there. I know. I'm sorry I deviated from savings a no, little bit fine. there. No, you're fine. It's it all money management. About, yeah. Right. I t- and when I do it, I actually do it in a specific order is I sit down every single Thursday and I pay myself first and then I pay my savings uh-huh. and then I take care of my business and my family and everything else after that. Okay. But that money is taken away and it is set away and it does not get touched. Right. Except it's, my, I mean the money that's set away for myself, that's my own personal spending money right. and that's fine. Um, but the savings, taking it off the gross once a week has made my savings go through the roof uh-huh. because then what's left the savings is already taken out of it mm-hmm. and I don't have to rethink about it again. And when I started, when I started saving and I thought that I had to wait until I was making a ton of money 
to before start you saving. started saving, mm-hmm. right? But I think all the way back to the very beginning, if I'd put away fifty bucks a month from the beginning, yeah, and just fifty bucks a month, yeah. and let that grow and grow and grow in a simple investment account or a mm-hmm. savings account with a good return, mm-hmm. what would that look like over the tra- trajectory of twenty I years? I know it. Like twenty bucks a month at twenty-one yeah. would have been easy to do. Yeah. And what would that look like now? Yeah. And everybody thinks like, oh, well, I mean, I'll start saving after like, after I get married or I'll start saving after we have kids or like, I can't save right now. But if you can just start figuring out a way to put something away, none of us want to do this like this forever. It's so easy for me to have a conversation with somebody regarding pricing and sales and talk to them about leaving money on the table. Absolutely. But the amount of money that I left on the table in my 20s. Yes. I I don't even want to know what it is. I'm angry about that. (laughs) Because of of that beautiful thing called compound interest, right? Like I missed out on so much of that. And and I continue to miss out on it every day because it wasn't there to begin with. I didn't put a dime into a savings or investment account until I was 29. And that's fine. Like I started saving very slowly when I was 29. Mm -hmm. But what if I just started when I was 22, 23, just a little bit. So, and I know that there are going to be people out there that are listening. They're like, well, I'm starting my business and I'm paying off student loans and I'm not making a ton of money. Just start putting a tiny percentage of your gross away. And then what I do, my goal is to get my savings number even higher. So once a quarter, I've been starting looking at how much is left over after everything at the end and could I put away 16%? Yeah. Could I put away Even if you 17% bump it up like percent yes. by 1%, yeah. by 2%? Yeah. If I don't notice it at the end of the day, right? Like all that, the net that comes out after I've paid everything, if I can still live my life off of it, yeah. I want to keep increasing the amount that I'm putting away. And I'm not saying right. that I don't spend or I don't go on vacations or right. I don't, you know, treat myself nicely. Right. Of course I do. Cause you, ha- yeah. you can't, just frantically save for a future because not to be like maudlin, but that future is not guaranteed. It's not. And I don't want something terrible to happen to me in like a year. And I look back and I'm like, I didn't live. Right. Right. Like what am I going to do? Wait until I'm 60 to start living. Like I can't do that. But people are, at least I have $3 million. It's true. (laughs) Bye. Like I just, it's just really, I mean, you can't take it with you. Right. So I think that people spend a lot of time being afraid of money, not talking about money, being frightened to talk about savings. But if you just start putting away something now mm-hmm. and getting in the habit of putting something away, whether you do it once a month, whether you do it once a week, have it be habitual. Yeah. And then much like everything else, like saving will just be something that... This is something you do. You just do it. Yeah, it just yeah. happens. Right. I hear that's like exercise, but I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I, I still hate that. <laughs> oh, I do hear tell that it is. I, I hear that if you do it more often, you like it. <laughs> now says that... some other people. That's not me. <laughs> I boy, I have tried more than once. It, you know, it's interesting for me. Like both of those things actually kind of align for me in that I, I one of the reasons I don't, I that neither one of them have come easy to me is that fear piece. Yes. That how did you overcome? Or maybe you weren't, were you not afraid? I decided that the current fear that I was feeling was much smaller than the terrible frantic fear I would feel later in life Mm. because I didn't want to wake up one day and be 50 and have nothing. Yeah. And the fear of fear that I didn't even have yet got me off my butt. Yeah. 
like one was stronger than the other. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I've just, I've never wanted someone else to take care of me. Mm, there's that piece. And I see this, and this is not meant to be disparaging to women, especially, but I see a lot of women who are like, well, my husband has a great job. And I'm like, that's great. But what if something happens to your husband? What yeah. if you break up? What if he yeah, passes away? What right. if both of those things, what if something terrible happens to your home? What right. if he loses his, like there's so many, what ifs I don't, I didn't ever want to right. be dependent on anyone to care for me. Right. And that's not to say that you can't be in a partnership and you can't be in a family where everyone is contributing. Right. But if, if you're expecting that person to carry you, wouldn't you also want to be a person that could carry them if something right. happened to them? Right. So I'm tired of hearing photographers talk about, well, I just do this for fun money. Like, well, good for you. That's great. <laughs> yeah. But, right. But wouldn't you just want to put something away for the future? Yeah. Like in some way. Right. So I'm That's just. Fun money is, there's a lot more fun money. But the thing is, it's not you, fun for me. Right. Like, if I was out there and I was like spending money on a dinner that I knew that I couldn't really afford, I'm not going to okay. enjoy that. Right. Because right. I know that I'm, what's the saying? Like, short-term satisfaction over long-term gains, mm -hmm. the short-term satisfaction starts to become not fun. Right. It's still fun when you're like 22 because you've got your whole life ahead of you and you're right. like, that's fine. I just like I blew my whole paycheck, whatever, I'll start later. Mm -hmm. But when you're 40, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel so fun anymore. It feels like wasting money. Well, because in a sense, it, it, it it's like the rubber starts to meet the road at some point, right? Like when mm -hmm. when you're 40, you're a lot closer to 65 yeah. than you were at 22. Yeah. And I love my job, but I don't want to do it until I die. Right. I You don't want to have to do it. I don't it. want to have to do it. Right? I would like to reach a point where I'm like, okay, now I have enough money. Mm -hmm. I've saved enough money. Mm -hmm. I'm in a really good place. I can take the jobs I want to take. Right. I cannot take the jobs I don't want to take. Right. Or I could go do something else completely entirely. Yeah. I could go and teach. that other thing I could, might be nothing for a while. I could take a year off and travel the right. world. I could go right. teach college. I could still shoot 20 weddings if I want to. Like, I don't want to be afraid. And I, I don't like to feel powerless. Right. And having a system and putting money away every single week off of the gross makes me feel powerful. And that makes me feel not scared. Oh, don't worry. I'm scared of like plenty of other stuff. Yesterday mm -hmm. after the cannon party, yeah. I was walking back to my room and a dragonfly, like one of those huge dragonflies, <laughs> like swooped down to my hair Come and I on. screamed like a four-year-old and hit the ground. <laughs> so lest any of you who are listening to this think I'm cool, I am definitely not cool. You weren't cool then. <laughs> and nobody knew about that until just now. So it was great. nobody was with you or saw you. Nope. Oh, I wish but I could But now y'all, y'all were. Oh, I... So no, there are plenty of things that I'm uh, frightened of and yeah. like wax museums. That's a whole nother <laughs> conversation. But I don't like feeling afraid of things that I know that I have the power to change. Hmm. And I can change how I feel about money hmm. by being more proactive with it. Yeah. And why can't we just enjoy it instead of being afraid of it? So... I mean, I know that's easier said than done. Well, it is a lot easier said than done, but you know, a lot of things are, it doesn't mean that you well, like can't going to the gym is easier said than done. Oh my like, gosh. And I still freaking hate it. Ugh. I hate it. Do you Endorphins do it? are a lie. Do you go to, the, do you go to the gym? Oh yeah. Endorphins are a lie. I don't think so. Mm. I have felt them before. <laughs> a friend that one time told me that they felt them. <laughs> I do remember one time I felt endorphins. I do. I, I'm trying to be serious, but you're making me, I, it was on a, it was on a, it was on an elliptical. Okay. Fair enough. And it was like fair 32 enough. minutes in. 
and you were like, oh, here's the high that everyone talks there about. There it is. I was like, yeah. I think that's it. And then you quit and went home because you were like, I've done it. I've achieved it. I was it. super happy and I yeah. went like three more minutes. Yeah. And I was like, I think that was them. That was that. The yeah, euphoric. I think that was it. Endorphins that like supposed to ha- are supposed <laughs> to happen. Yeah. No, so. I go, but I mean, I go to the gym because I don't want to be like 70 and incapable of enjoying my life. Right. Um, so I do it as like a, it's almost like a medicinal <laughs> well, it's, it's sort of thing. It's preventative and I don't like but it. But the money piece is too. Exactly. There, there's so many similarities exactly. between the two. Yeah. Like I imagine that it can be a rush yes. to look at a savings account yes. or, or your investments. Yes. Cause I want, I, oh, I no, do want to get look at them right now though. Cause it's not a pretty place well, at the I, moment, but, I, but in general, but, but over time, right? Like yes. you can go year over year and be like, yes. Oh, I have an extra $27,000 yes. this year. Solely based on the interest that I made solely for based doing on nothing other than saving. Absolutely. And that's on top of money that I Absolutely. actually put away. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So let me ask you this because it's a piece I want to cover. Yes. You save it. Yes. You have it. Yes. Where do you put it? So I reached a certain point where I was just putting money in a savings account and I'm like, okay, it's starting to build up and it's mm-hmm. not doing any good just sitting You're here. You're earning one, one point one one five percent It was, it was like <laughs> right. pathetic. Right. Um, so I asked around and got referrals to work with a money manager who I have two, I have a SEP IRA and then I have just a regular investment account that's mm-hmm. mostly cash. Um, but about once a year, I give him a lump sum of money to go into the, these two accounts. I max out my SEP IRA every you single year, which is based on the percentage yep. of what you've made and all that. Yep. I max that out. And then if I have a little extra left over, I put it in the other that's investment all account. Pre-tax, right? Yes. That's what, that's the beauty yeah, of doing the, the IRA. The, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pre-tax. So I right. max it out Mm-hmm. Every single year. Mm-hmm. And then um, I still have a huge buffer in well, what I consider a huge buffer in a savings account that is that 1.5%, but right. it's easily accessible. Right. And that sort of savings in case of emergency. It's liquid. Right. You like, can get to it when you need it. If I need, if I want to uh, trade in my car and buy a new car, mm-hmm. if something happens, if I have a big medical bill, yep. I can pull from that instead of having to go pay penalties to take it out of my investment account. Right. Yeah. But I, I waited until... Um, I set a certain amount and then I was like, okay, this is what I want to sit in a savings account. And then I made it again. And I was like, now I'm willing to put that extra amount into an investment account, leaving the buffer back in my savings account. Okay. So you still have the buffer. Yes. And so I build every single, so all year, every year I'm just dumping into a savings account. Mm -hmm. And then once a year around tax time, he tells me what needs to go into the SEP and I turn it on over and then I give a percentage of what's left to the investment account. Mm-hmm. And then I just start building again. And the investment account is stocks. Yeah, it's, it's mutual funds. Exactly. A little bit right. of everything. And I know enough right. to know that I don't know how to manage that. No, you're having him do it. So I have him do it. Right. And his fees are a percentage of what I make. Right. And that seems perfectly rational to me. Right. Yeah. But I like spreading it out. So like when the market takes a huge dip, I know that. I'm not super screwed. Yeah, like I'm not, playing the long, I'm bad. playing the long game with right. it. And I'm, I'm, I was fairly, um, I don't want to say risky, but we were less frightened in like my thirties. And now that I hit 40, he's like, all right, we're going to dial it back just a hair and yeah. make it like a little more conservative. Yep. And then when I hit 50, we'll be even more conservative yep. because I just don't want any huge boats rocked when I 
like in my head, my quote unquote retirement age has always been 55. Mm -hmm. I want to make what I want to make by the time I'm 55. Do you know? So I'm planning for that. Do you see that you're on track for that? Because I'm ridiculous and I look at the numbers (laughs) all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I have to keep going the way I'm going right now until I'm 55. Like I can't let up. Right. But if so, I should have what I need then. When you're 55. Mm Mm-hmm. And how do you know what that number is? Like, how does a person, I've heard, oh, I saw a commercial, like, what's your number? And yeah. they're all carrying around numbers. And I thought, I don't know what my number yeah. is. Yeah. So the way I figured out my number is I went, um, and I filled out a bunch of retirement calculators. <laughs> oh. Um, like you can literally Google free retirement calculator. Use the Google. I did use the Google. Yeah. And so what I did was I figured out, like, if I had a real job, <laughs> quote right. unquote, real job, right. what right. kind of salary would I need to make every single year to run my life? Right like pre-tax salary. And so, because when you're filling out these retirement calculators, it will say like, what is your income? And Mm -hmm. you have to put in a yearly income. So I figured out like, well, if it's $75,000 or if it's like $90,000 based on that income, how much do I need to save to be able to make X amount by X year? Right. And then I, because I'm anal retentive, I did it on like 10 other calculators Mm -hmm. and factoring in things like how much do you think it will cost to send your kids to college and like things like that. Um, And I hit a number and then I inflated it a little bit because I'm me and I'm ridiculous. (laughs) And I set that number as my goal. And every once in a while I log in. You can't log in and look at your investment accounts every single day. It will make you an insane person. (laughs) Yeah, Don't do that. Right. And don't log in and look at them when the market is down. It will just stress you out. Oh yeah. But I look at them year over year and I look at how much they grow on average year over year. And then I run the calculations and see if I'm still on track. Right, right, Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Very, very but I mean, interesting. I, I have to treat my savings as if I have a nine to five job because I, I don't have a pension that's going to kick in when I hit 65 and I can stop working and nobody's going to 401k match me right. with anything. Right. So I had to be my own retirement. Right. And, and a lot of people listening to this are in the same boat. Yes. So it takes, it's so going to take discipline and yes. will. You have to create the habit. You have to form yes the habit and start somewhere. You don't have to be complicated. Be right. like every single week, I'm going to put 20 bucks in a savings account. Right. And then in three months, be like every single week, I'm going to put 25 bucks in a savings right. account and then 30 bucks. Right. And then as you see, okay, I I'm putting this money in and it's not affecting my ability to live my life. Right. Right. Then start changing it to a percentage. Mm-hmm. Start putting away 3% of what you've made for the week, mm-hmm. 4% of what you've made for the week. And then you start seeing those numbers go up and you get a little addicted. Yeah. The habit starts to it's grow and mm-hmm. you start to like, get really excited based on the growth of the yep. funds and, yep. and what you see in your account. Yep. And you start to feel pride in what you've built and what right. you've created. And as a freelancer, how much you actually can put away. Yes. And people will say like, well, I mean, I'm not making that much. That's fine. Right. You don't have to put away that much, right. but put away something and put then watch something. it grow. Right. Yeah. Right. And I don't care if you're listening to this and you're 20 or you're listening to this and you're 50 and you've never saved a dime. Right. Start now. Yep. Like literally start right now. Yep. And it's, it, it does make me feel proud of what I've been able to build and what I continue to build in a field where prioritizing being able to retire one day is not really a thing that gets talked Mm -hmm. about. So I save pretty aggressively, but I also still, because I'm smart with money and pricing and careful about my expenses and don't live beyond my means, I'm certainly not crazy about any of that. Right. I can still send my kids to college and I can still go on a vacation every once in a while, right. but I don't go on five vacations a year. No, 
because I want to put that money, some of that money away. Right. So you just have to be, you have to find your own personal balance, but don't be afraid of starting to strike out there because I just don't want to see a field of wedding photographers at like 60 struggling to still book yeah. 40 weddings a year yeah. and really unhappy about it. Yeah. Right. Because what is the point of doing any of this if you're not happy? Amen. The end. <laughs> That's how I, and that is how I feel about that. Hey, that was, that was actually, Thanks. Was that depressing or was that okay? Well, no, I think yeah. it's, I think that if you're depressed by this conversation, honestly, it's if, be, if you're depressed by this conversation, it's because it, it hit you in a yes, way that's a little personally close to do home. Do something about yeah. it. I think the big piece is know that you can do something about it. If yes. this is depressing, you can choose to do something about it today. Yes. Right. And now. even if you're paying off student loans, even if yeah. you've got debt, you're trying to get rid of yeah. $5 a week, yeah. like start somewhere, start Still the safe. habit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the habit yeah, piece. It's the right. habit piece. Yeah. Yep. Where can people find you? Where are you at? People can find me on the internet mm. at susanstripling.com. You can find me on Instagram at, at susanstriplingphotography. Mm. And you can find my education at theweddingschool.net. Not com. We can't seem to get a hold of that. It's a wedding it. planning something that will not it. give us the domain. Yeah. But theweddingschool.net. Weddingschool.net. That's Check it. Check it out. We should. Thank you so much. And next time, can we talk about horror movies? Oh my. <laughs> Till next time. <laughs>